Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Jim Harold, our special guest. We'll take calls with Jim next hour. Jim, let's get into what I don't believe in coincidences, but you've got it labeled as a weird coincidence in recording campfire involving unique but similar stories. What's that all about? Yeah, you know, it's really weird. Sometimes the show seems to take a life of its own on, almost like an unseen hand is producing it. And the way the mechanics of the show, just to peek behind the curtain work, is that people sign up, we get in touch with them, we send them a link, and we say, hey, you can, we have some blocked out times, they can select the time uh, to record, and I have certain hours I record and so forth. So this one evening, I open up my list of recordings, and there is uh, the first call I take. And self-scheduled, I didn't have anything to do with the scheduling. I just said time's available. The woman signed up. She lived in a haunted college dorm, and the story surrounded a ghost who supposedly in life hung herself in an elevator that was in this dorm. And uh, the ghost haunted the dorm and specifically my caller's room. Now, that was a strange call. The very next call, and again, I had nothing to do with scheduling these, was from a woman in a completely different part of the United States who went to a haunted restaurant and had an encounter with a ghost who, you guessed it, supposedly hung herself in an elevator. Now, the thing is, is that these two people could have had no communication. I've done the show for 10 years. I've heard hundreds, if not thousands of stories, and I've never had one story about a ghost who had hung themselves in an elevator, and I had two back to back. Now, I don't know if that was the universe telling me, hey, you're on the right track, Jim. Uh, there's something really here to this strange stuff or just a wild coincidence. But I'm like you. I don't believe in coincidences. Now, if it had been two stories like things that we normally hear, sure, that could happen. But I- I've never even heard of a story of a ghost who supposedly hung themselves in a mirror during the show or outside of the show, all the reading and research I've tried to do over the years. So I just thought that was a funny little anecdote that shows that sometimes I find my show is produced by an unseen hand. That's just my dead grandmother. What's that one? (laughs) This was Lucia from Italy. Uh, We do get a lot of international submissions, um, and she's truly a globetrotter because she'd been studying in New York City. And... uh, her story is actually when she went to one of her classmates' house down in the Dominican Republic. And uh, she was staying there with her friend from school. And they've been having a lot of problems with flooding and, and problems with their water system, their plumbing in the house and so forth. So anyway, uh, one night Lucia woke up while she was staying here, and she heard uh, uh, an old woman's voice speaking in Spanish outside her door in the local dialect, and rattling what sounded like a large ring of keys. Now, Lucia assumed it was something to do with this problem, because when they would have this flooding problem, relatives would come over in the night and help them. So she she thought it was part of that. Now, before Lucia had offered, being a nice person, she offered to help many times when this happened, but they always said, go back to bed, don't worry about it, we'll take care of it. So in the morning, she's talking to her, her host, her friend, And she said, oh, I'm so sorry you had those water problems again last night. You know, I heard your, uh, I heard uh, somebody sound like an older lady 
uh, and uh, I'm so sorry you had all this problem. And uh, the woman said, uh, we didn't have any problem last night. We didn't have any flooding. We went right to bed. And she said, there was no relatives in the house, no one. Uh, so she, uh, Lucia told her about the voice outside her door, and her friend interrupted her and said, did you hear keys? And she said, yes, I heard an older woman's voice and keys. And she said, well, that's just my abuela, grandmother in Spanish. She died two years ago, and you were sleeping in her room, and she comes to visit from time to time. Now, Lucia <laughs> froze, and um, her, room, her, her friend kept asking her, she said, uh, um, did she speak quickly and in dialect? And, uh, and Lucia said, yes. And uh, she said, uh, Lucia, was you, did she shake your bed by any chance? And Lucia said, no. And she said, oh, that's good. That means she likes you. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently her grandmother was obsessed with locks and security and always carried a large ring of keys with her. So that's what she was hearing. And Lucia's friend went on to say that uh, her grandmother... Uh, comes to visit her sometimes when she's by herself in her kitchen and all the doors and drawers will open up. And she'll say, Abuela, I'm not in the mood for this today. And then all of the doors will close right in front of her eyes. Wow. She she stayed there for another week. She was not creeped out and nothing else happened. Um, She said she was shocked that it happened to her um, because usually when paranormal things happen around her, she gets nervous. But she thought this was a very positive, non-traumatic paranormal experience. And she was glad she got to meet the ghostly abuela, the ghostly grandmother. I love that story. That one's cool. Next one. A specter drags my collar across a room. Yes. What the heck is that? This was so creepy because to me... You know, like that last story, you hear something move, you see something move, it's innocuous. But when things start physically interacting with you and dragging you or or physically pushing you, then you get into the area of things like poltergeist. And this story's from Cliff, and he lives in the South, and he moved into a pool house. And a younger guy, uh, and I'm assuming he was probably, I'm guessing, when this happened around college age. It was kind of an efficiency. And he was sleeping... Uh, in this this pool house and the first night he goes to the restroom and then as he described it he was forced gently to the ground he said uh, he described it as almost almost like someone might do it as a, a an, to an animal he said that it was he was he said suggested forcefully but carefully towards the floor and pushed towards the floor when he got to the floor there had been an ambient light in the pool house but everything was nothingness. It was totally dark, blacker than black. Then he said he felt that there was a thing, as he described it, over him. He said that this thing proceeded to drag him across the cold tile of the pool house. He could actually feel it on his back. Slowly but carefully, but very commandingly, very assuredly, said this thing placed him on the bed and he felt a burden of weight on him, his whole body. And he said that this thing seemed to be telling him almost telepathically, I don't know who you are, I don't know why you're here, but this is where you will stay. Cliff said he passed out, and the next day he was trying to rack his brain 
and um, come up with a logical excuse. Now, here's where Cliff and I are different. He continued to live in the pool house. I would be out of there. I'd be gone. <laughs> feet yeah. feet don't fail much. me now, right? Exactly, exactly. So the thing is, is that he was something there, but he kind of reached what he considered to be a gentleman's agreement with it, that it wouldn't, he wouldn't stray far from his bed. He would respect it. And he said that they had an uneasy agreement. Now, years later, he was talking to another tenant uh, um, on Facebook. And he happened to mention, oh, some creepy stuff happened over there. And immediately she said, what, what happened? And she said that uh, she had a friend who had lived in the pool house. And when she was in the pool house, she would have demonic thoughts. And she re- refused to go into the pool house without a Bible. And I, I asked him, I said, hmm. well, you know, could this have been sleep paralysis or something physiological? And he said, you know, he'd experienced some things like that, but this was so real. And with that affirmation from that other person, he totally believed that it was real. And like you said, feet don't fail me now. I would not have spent one more minute, let alone night, in that pool house. We'll take a few more of your uh, stories, Jim, and then we'll talk a couple of them uh, next hour along with phone calls. A driver thinks she has hit a pedestrian, and then this happens. Well, any of us, I think, who are drivers, one of the worst possible things you could think of, one of the most tragic, frightening things, would be to accidentally hurt somebody. Oh, my God, yeah. It's the worst. So this is the fall of 2002, and this... This young woman was coming home from a college course. It was about 8 p.m., 11 p.m. at night. She stopped at a stoplight, and as it turned green, she started to go, but a woman suddenly appeared right in front of her. Um, She slammed on her brakes, but she saw the woman's mouth open to scream like she was recognizing she was about to hit. She threw her arms up, and she, this was Pam, she literally felt the car hit the woman. So immediately, she's distraught. She she puts the car in park. She gets out of the car to look. The woman isn't there to be found. She didn't know what to do, so she went home because she looked all... She's like, the woman's not here. Did I imagine this? What happened? And she was racking her brain. She happened to know a gentleman from work that lived on the same street where this happened. And he would always talk about ghosts. And... And they came home with a ghost story, and, and that promised, uh, prompted her to ask him if, if, she had see, if he'd seen anything. And he literally described the same woman that Pam thought she hit. Uh, more people have seen her, and apparently this woman was in the neighborhood, was a sleepwalker, got out of the house one night, and was hit by a car. So in other words, what she basically saw and experienced was kind of a replay of what happened. She didn't actually hit the woman, but she was witnessing a replay. And hearing that made her feel much, much better because, I mean, how would you feel if that happened to you? Because you would constantly be thinking, did I hit this person? Did I black out? And then, you know, it would just be really one of those frightening Twilight Zone minutes. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, so this was basically, it sounds like it was a replay. And, and I think that's an interesting thing. I mean, I think we tend to think that all ghosts are sentient and communicate with us and know that we're there and those kind of things. But I wonder sometimes how many of them are just kind of like, 
some people out there, a lot of the audience will remember tapes. And if you didn't get uh, a tape erased well and you tried to record something over it, you would hear a residual recording from the past of what had been on it originally. Maybe sometimes that's uh, what we're dealing with. Hey, Jim, uh, since you've been doing these strange stories, uh, have you found that they get even weirder and weirder as time goes by? Yeah, they, they they seem to. I, I mean, it seems like, I, I think people are more open. I mean, even in the last 10 years, I think people have become more open and more comfortable with telling you kind of wild things. Whereas I think before there was a certain amount of ridicule. I think certainly shows like Coast to Coast AM has played a huge role in this, all the television shows, and maybe to a little tiny degree podcasts like mine, uh, that those really weird stories have always been out there, but now people are saying, you know what, I'm going to tell my story because I heard somebody else that had a really weird story. So I don't think that it's the stories are changing. They might be in the UFO area, uh, as uh, as you had a guest to, tonight, Peter Davenport, say. But I think in terms of ghosts and that sort of thing, I don't think the stories are changing in that area. I just think people are more willing to share them because of shows like Coast to Coast. But they seem to be getting more frightening. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I know it's dangerous you know, almost. Sometimes, um, you know, people people like the spooky stuff. <laughs> they like the spooky stuff and they enjoy telling spooky stories. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I uh, for me, I, I think that I think they're similar, but there's certainly some spooky ones out there for sure. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at one a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.